0: You're listening to the Easy Money Podcast. Hey, what's up? Welcome back to the Easy Money Podcast. This is episode five. Today I'm going to talk to you about three lessons I learned from three of my favorite books. You're not going to want to miss this. This is the summary that will get you to a better mindset financially. This is the Easy Money Podcast, a hard look at financial freedom, another idea about making money. Let's go. What's up? Hello. Welcome back to Easy Money Podcast. I'm your host, Eddie Gonzalez, and today I got a fun one. Um, This is the start of every investors journey and it just doesn't matter where you began if you if you don't start with your mindset you cannot get to the next level of investing so the moment that I decided I was going to be an investor I decided I was going to need a whole bunch of financial knowledge so where was I going to get that financial knowledge how was I going to change my financial paradigm books and that's really what happened um my story kind of goes back to 2018 um where I started picking up books and reading them and kind of getting to my favorite, which um you know i I opened the door to self help books and then that opened the door to all these financial freedom books and um yeah, I just want to go over some of the some of the books that gave me inspiration to change my financial path um it it increased my bank account this has increased my spending it's also increased my expenses, believe it or not um it's just that just goes with the territory so without further ado i wanted to introduce three books um the first one is the richest man in babylon now this book is by george s uh classen and it's really really popular as far as um being a wealth book and it it, it's really cool because it's not a boring analytical book about investing it is a book of parables and stories to uh shift your mind and make you think about um about money today. Uh what's interesting about this book is it actually takes place thousands of years ago like when people were only trading gold and there wasn't like a you know there wasn't really a banking system like uh i would say merchants and banking had just came into play at this point because you know they're they're really breaking down the concepts of receiving interest from like a bank uh they're, they're breaking it down to the smallest understandable concepts um even saving the best uh lesson out of this book would be the saving lesson and that lesson is pay yourself first by paying yourself first you have successfully um increased your your income and your your bank the the reason behind that is is because if you're using your income and then you minus your expenses and you can only save from from that little bit left over that that's the that right there is the stemming issue from growing your account now what this book teaches you with pay yourself first is with your lump sum of cash what you can do is pay yourself first so now instead of income equaling expenses minus savings now you got expenses equaling your income minus your savings now, so that what that does is that take that just switches the mindset to be, I'm going to make this money, I'm going to pay myself first. And if there's something left over, I will take care of all these bills. It's a real different mindset compared to what poor people think. They, they always just want to save from what little bit they have. But really, if you save that early, if you save, I think they're saying one tenth of your stuff, I, I save like three tenths of my income, but if you save amount of your income, and then you use the remaining to pay your bills. You will find out a way to stretch it. You will find a way to decrease your expenses to fit into there. Um, it it just it it's just a a backwards way of taking the the same formula and switching it up to make your mindset grow. And what that does is it shows that you're more important than everybody else's bills. And it, in in the book, he actually ends up owing a a debt to a bunch of people, and they end up shunning him. And it's kind of like how nowadays, like. If you owed a bunch of money to creditors, they would shun you, you would get bad credit and you would be turned away from multiple establishments based off your credit now in the book it's kind of more it's more olden day style where like people actually just don't they socially don't even fuck with you if you decide yo i wanna I wanna not pay everybody and I want to keep being out here in the credit world people will find out and your your credit quote unquote credit will go around and everyone will deny you for whatever it is that you would want. Uh, based off credit, so when you fast forward it to nowadays, the best way to to do this would be if you're paying yourself first, you don't have to worry about all these bills. Now, he did do payment plans to get his debt down, and that's kind of what the book breaks down. Was like you can get back into good standing by still paying yourself first, and then keeping up on small payments. Not only would you better your credit, but you'll better your relationship with these people, um, our creditors. So. It's a very fun concept. It's cool because it takes place way back when um, and it's still relevant to nowadays, even though they're, you know, they're talking about merchants and gold and rubies and stuff like that. It's still very relevant today um, in the most basic concepts. So once you strip it down, one thing I would argue about this book is that it is very heavy on the male, male pronouns and stuff like that. So if you're a female reading this, I, I would want you to replace the he's with she's. And I actually read that in the introduction, uh, an updated, edited version with the introduction from Susie, or- Orsman and, Susie Orman, and she kind of gave that insight on it, which was great because there's plenty of female entrepreneurs out there and investors who don't want to sit behind, um, you know, the male agenda and and the the male stories and stuff. And it. it's just not, it doesn't help them because you're not able to envision yourself in the position. So that's one thing that I would critique on this book. But other than that, there's plenty of lessons in there that are going to get you to the next level financially. So if you do enjoy this book, or if you want to read this book, um, The Richest Man in Babylon by George S. Classen, I'll go ahead and put a Uh, Link in the description of this video, of this uh, podcast, and you'll be able to uh, use my affiliates link to go ahead and get this book from Amazon. So go ahead and check that one out. The second book I want to get into is a classic. It's really a cult classic when you're thinking about um, Robert Kiyosaki and the army of financial, entrepreneur, educational resources. There's just so much that comes behind this guy. Um, it's not just his advisors. There's plenty of, you know, podcasters, including myself, um, investors that have read this book and it's just changed their entire philosophy on life. Now, this book is amazing. It's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I heard about this book when I was in like 10th grade. I know it's been around for, you know, over 20 years. This is, uh, it's been translated to all kinds of languages and rich dad poor dad um he he is uh well Robert Kiyosaki is the author and he really just goes about this way of telling his own story in the in the contrary perspective of his rich dad and his poor dad his rich dad was his uh, dad's friend who taught him a lot about money and his poor dad was his actual dad who was in the school system tried to be in politics and and stuff like that. So, two different paths, two different views about money, Rich Dad Poor Dad is such a great book. One of the best concepts out of this book, the main concept that I would drag from it was assets versus liabilities. Now, what's so great about this is it's very very simple. He gives plenty of lessons. Again, just like just like the last book reviewed, this gives many lessons, but Assets versus liabilities is the main theme of this book. You can think of everything in your life as asset or a liability. Now, an asset is going to make you more money and a liability is going to take money from you. So comparing assets to liabilities will increase your wealth just based off of how many are you purchasing? How many liabilities are you purchasing and how many assets are you purchasing? Now, when you become cognitive of these two differences for everything in the world now you're able to ask yourself every day when you go spend your money am i buying an asset or am i buying a liability am i buying something that is going to put money into my pocket or am i buying something that's going to take more money out of my pocket these are big things to consider now especially when you're considering stuff that has a cost or a price tag up front And then there's more cost and price tags around the corner for that same product. Now, that doesn't matter if you're paying for like Apple Music and you know you have a 12-month subscription or you have Amazon Prime and they have have the year bundle, they have the uh, six-month bundle, they have the month-to-month. So it doesn't matter where it's at. If you buy a car, you have to know there's going to be oil changes and tire rotations and brake changes all down the road that insurance and these are... These are costs that are on top of the price tag that you initially paid. So you have to look at your liabilities that you're going to buy and decide if this is going to make you money. Now, that car could turn into an asset for you. You can use that to Uber around. You can use that to be a postmater. Your job, you may be a commuter and you might have to travel 45 miles to go clock in. That's fine. That would turn your car into less of a liability. And yeah, just the whole concept of just drawing a T diagram, one size assets, one size liabilities. Go ahead right now. Write down all of the assets you own. When I read this book, I owned zero assets, and at the time of this recording, my portfolio is well over twenty k. So, and th- and I'm I'm not bragging. That's not a lot. There's plenty of people my age that have over over twenty k in savings, um, and that that's split between bonds. Um, roth IRA, my personal savings, my personal stocks um, there's just a lot there's a lot that goes into that, but the only way to get there is to change your mindset and to start taking accountability of the assets and liabilities in your own life. You might have so many liabilities. I had a lot of liabilities when I took this uh this test for myself. I wrote down everything that I was paying for, monthly, subscription, my rent was in there, um, my the, my allowance for food, all of the entertainment that I've spent for. My liabil- my my asset section was so small compared to the liability section. I think my asset section had maybe a checking and a savings account on it, and that was pretty much it. I did not have, I didn't own any gold, I didn't own any silver, um... I definitely didn't have any savings, any municipal bonds, any treasury bonds. So once you start realizing, I need to put stuff on my asset column, then you start finding out, well, what is an asset? What what can turn into an asset? And there's so many different choices out there, so many little side hustles that you're able to put onto the asset column and really decrease the expenses on your liability side. So that is the best um, advice that I can say will practically help you every day when it comes to making a decision financially. Um, Again, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, an amazing book. Everybody has read it. If you have not, or if you want to gift this to somebody, go ahead and check the link out in the project description. I'll go ahead and have an affiliates link for Amazon so that you can get that right now. Um, Yeah, that's, that's about it. If you have any comments or if I miss anything on the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book, please go ahead and leave a comment below. I'm trying to keep these under five minutes each, but I just get real passionate when I start discussing these books that I end up running over the time. So hopefully this one I'll be able to keep under the five. Uh, the third lesson from the third book that I uh, enjoyed reading is called Tax-Free Wealth by Tom Wheelwright. He's a CPA. And the reason this book is amazing, or the, or actually the way I found this book is through the Rich Dad um, advisor uh list and Rich Dad Robert Kiyosaki he actually has um he has CPA advisors, corporate advisors, real estate advisors, every advisor you can think of. And this guy right here is he found a real real magic man named Tom Wheelwright. Tom Wheelwright also has a uh, a podcast too um uh, for tax free wealth and he he's just uh all around Just a very, very smart guy. And this is another paradigm shift. Now, again, you might be thinking, why is Eddie always just telling me some stuff about mindsets? And that's where this stuff starts. Your money and your pocket, your wallet, your accounts, they do not change. They do not increase with just doing something else. It's a whole mindset change. And once your mindset clicks on, boom, the accounts and everything will go up. It's it's pretty unbelievable what a little education will take you, a little mindset change. So... The lesson that I learned from Tax-Free Wealth, the biggest lesson in this book is that taxes are incentives from the government. Now, what do what does he mean by that? I didn't know what he meant by that when I first read it. When I look back and I'm starting to account of what, what he was talking about, it really breaks down to... To saving money by doing what the government wants. The government wants you to start a business. They'll give you a tax write-off for that. The government wants you to own a home. They'll give you a tax write-off for that. The government wants you to uh, build construction. They will give you a tax write-off for that. that. That is what he means by the tax book being an incentive for, for, uh, for the citizens of the government. So the government creates a tax law because they want the the citizens to behave a certain way. So if they're like we want to increase building in Victorville, California, let's just say uh, middle of nowhere. What would be the incentive? They would say, "Okay, we're going to have construction loans that are that are going to be really really low. They're going to be it's going to be cheaper to build a home than to buy a home." And that's the kind of uh incentives they would do. Basically, if you built a home, you're gonna save more on your taxes than you would if you just bought a home, um, or if you just rent it. It would be a big difference in between those two. So that would be like one way that they incentivize, and then more people would go do all the construction, and then they say, okay, we don't want more construction now. We want people to buy the home. So then they would change the the local tax law or the state tax law to incentivize citizens to to uh, to to behave that the way they want. So. Um, and it, it's with business as well. So, you, I mean, they want you to start businesses. They want you to, uh, you know, put in for a 401k. They want you to contribute to a Roth IRA, a retirement account. And there's incentives for that. There's tax write offs for that. They want you to go to school. So, they give you tax write offs for being a student. Um, there's a lot of ways to go about it. And the way, the way to really, a lot of people up until I read this book, including myself, I thought of taxes as the government just taking money from you. But if you think of taxes, as a law of things that you can do to save money, then now you're in a whole other playing field. Again, just another mindset switch. You're still playing the same rules, your just mindset has changed and you're playing the game a little bit differently. So um, this is really, right off the top, right off the book right here, it says it's how to build massive wealth by permanently lowering your taxes legally. And that's the most important part is you need to do this legally. And the they people think of it as the the government is stealing from them and taking from them, but really they're trying to incentivize you to live your life a certain way. And if you can live your life within those lines, you can end up paying no taxes like like Donald Trump, or you can end up paying no taxes like um, Robert Kiyosaki. Um, but if you're not gonna if you're not gonna change your mindset to get to that point, you will inevitably. Um, be taxed a lot like joe biden you'll be taxed a lot like kamala harris and these these people are paying like one i don't know how they're making millions of dollars but they're paying millions of dollars in taxes so i'm like well i don't know what they're doing but they're obviously paying some taxes on it so it could be legal but they're not doing what the government wants obviously they're not they're not putting they're not reinvesting this money into other investments into to stuff that the government wants. It, it, it's very plain and there's no there's no sophisticated way of saying it. The government wants you to do something, they're going to incentivize you to do it, whether that be through a government program or through some tax legislation. This is how the government works and this is how they get the mass of people to do their bid. So, that's it. Um again, this is a great book Tax-Free Wealth by Tom Wheelwright. He's a CPA. He's, a, um, he's just an all-around um, funny guy too. He, he has a great podcast. Um, yeah, I would just definitely check this out. I will go ahead and put the affiliate link to Amazon so you can go ahead and purchase this book right here in the project description. And uh, yeah, this is another great one. If I missed anything on the Tax-Free Wealth Review, if I missed anything regarding the concept of, um, of taxes being government incentives, please let me know in the comments. I'll go ahead and address that later on. Um, You're listening to the Easy Money Podcast